The theme of today is, a, is called A Spirit-Led Life, and our Bible reading is from Romans 8, 1 through to 11. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting, our sin, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Please join me as we respond to God speaking to us in his word by confessing our faith in him as a body of Christ and his church. So please, um, uh, we'll do the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to stand uh, as, we, as you are able for the next song. Oh, sorry, no, no. It's, it's your turn, sorry. Um, yeah, so we welcome uh, Pastor Wayne up for the message. Yeah, the, the, the cue was, Matt, that the band sat down. <laughs> the, the, oh, was it there? <clears throat> no condemnation. Did you, as Dodie was reading that, what stood out to you from that text? 
Was there something that caught your attention? One thing. Nothing. Good. <laughs> I just encourage you that when you read the word for your own devotional life, read it out aloud to yourself. It's interesting. And <clears throat> as you read it aloud, read it very slowly. Holy Spirit gives you something for your life every day. Every day. <clears throat> I want to tell you a story to start off with. Can you picture this in your minds? An old English pub. Right? It's on the coast of England. And it's full of people because outside there's a storm raging. Can you picture it? People in this quaint little English pub on the coast. So it's pretty blowy over there, pretty wet. And there's people everywhere. And they're having a drink, probably having a, perhaps a coffee, a tea. They might be eating something. And it's jam-packed. And in amongst all of these people, here's this lovely lady, lovely girl, waitress holding a tray, and it's full of what? Probably beer, maybe, or a wine maybe or two, maybe a cup of coffee. You, you know, she's got the tray full, and she's walking through the crowd to get to an area where there's some people needing these goodies, and you can guess what happened. Someone moved, knocked it, and this tray, this tray of stuff just went whoosh all over a nice newly painted wall that the publican had just painted that day. And can you imagine the mess on the wall? All this different colour, all this stuff over this. And of course, everyone stopped to look, to look at the the publican, to look at the girl, to look at the mess, wondering what the publican might do or say. And then all of a sudden, in the back corner of the pub, sitting was this voice. Perhaps, perhaps I can help you here. And this, this bloke got up from the table and he picked up a little case that he had and he walked over to the wall put the case down on the floor and he opened it up and inside there were a number of paintbrushes and paints and pastel stuff and all this sort of gear and he started, he take, took out a brush and he started and he started work on this wall with this mess and he did it for about oh, quite a while and, and eventually he finished and he stood back and everyone went <gasps> And out of this beautiful mess, this man had painted a masterpiece. He put the stuff away, packed it up, put it under his arm, went out, opened the door, went out of the pub. Can you imagine? That's my life. That life, that mess on the wall is my life. But you know what? 
Holy Spirit's that person in that corner who comes up and with his tools, with his gifts, he creates in me a masterpiece. Do you know what? That's the same for you. Holy Spirit's the one. He's the artist. And he paints within us a masterpiece day after day after day. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so it goes. And of course, we know that Jesus ascended. He said to the disciples, wait. Wait for the advocate to come, the counsellor. And guess what? You'll be doing greater things than me when the Holy Spirit descends upon you and dwells within you. I don't know about you, but most people, I think, are willing, want a life that's meaningful and fulfilling, right? Is that true for you? Most people want to be free from conflicts and stress, right? How's your life going with that? Even as believers in Jesus Christ, we want to be less frustrated in our walk with Jesus. I know that's right for me. How's that with you? The scriptures give us insight into how we might have that meaningful and fulfilling life. You know that mess being created into a masterpiece. <clears throat> In chapter 7 of Romans, Paul talks about how we try to live the Christian life. If we do it in human effort, we fail miserably. For we will experience condemnation, hopelessness, entrapment, burnout, exhaustion. And then he gets to this beautiful chapter of eight, chapter 8. And he tells us how to move beyond that to a growing, mature walk with Jesus through the work of Holy Spirit. In this passage, Paul uses the word flesh to describe the weaker elements. You know the mess on the wall in human nature that yields to sin. <clears throat> and we're not to let our minds dwell in the flesh. And Paul uses an interesting word for letting the mind dwell on something. It means to set one's mind and heart intently upon it. It's the seed of intellectual activity where the whole person is thinking, feeling, choosing based on one's outlook, assumptions, values, desires, purposes. Paul's contrasting two ways of thinking. You can be mentally preoccupied with something when he says that they set their minds on. And the word mind signifies the strong bent of the mind regarding the object desired, which gratifies our old sinful nature. The writer of Proverbs wrote about this in 
Chapter 23, verse 7, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. Get it? You become like that to which you set your mind on. The human mind works a lot like a modern missile guidance system. Yeah, true. We can achieve what we set our mind on. Our imagination is the guidance system of our personality. You set your mind on the flesh and you will produce the works of the flesh. Our actions, behaviours are determined by our mindset. As a person thinks in their mind, so they are, because your mind's connected to your free will, where you can make choices, and it's also connected to your emotions. When we choose to dwell in our minds, it determines how we behave. It questions our preoccupations, our ambitions, our interests, which then engross us. So what we set our minds on will ultimately determine how we spend our time, how we spend our money, our energy, and it also what we set our minds on that determines how we live for, as a follower of Jesus Christ. A mind under the control of Holy Spirit, though, is the opposite because it will produce what? His fruit. And what's his fruit? The mindset of the flesh will produce fruit of freshly, fleshly behaviour versus what Paul says about the type of behaviour. The mindset on the flesh is what? Leads to what? What was it? Death. There is a consequence for that lifestyle. And he repeats the warning in verse 13. A bit later. For if you are living according to the flesh, you will die. The mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, the word of God. Rather, it is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So this mindset is actually open rebellion towards God. Apostle John defines the mindset like this in his first letter in chapter 2. He says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. You see, the problem for a believer has always been how to be in the world and not buy into its philosophy of life. Because if you do, you end up with a mess on the wall. You get the picture? Far too often, me, I try to compromise with the world. I want to be socially accepted. I look at appearances, performances, status. We find fulfillment and acceptance. That's what the world teaches. But you guess what you find? you find? But you find in God's word that the world system of philosophy has always been in the total opposition to God. So hear what Paul says about the fruit of the worldly mindset when he talks about the works of the flesh. What does he say? Deeds of the flesh are evident. What? Immorality, impurity, sensual, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, upper, and so on and so on and so on. Things like these of which I forewarn you, Paul says, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is what the mindset on the flesh will produce in one's life. If you dwell on it, you produce it. 
You focus on it, you produce it, right? Let your mind be under the control of this way of living and you will live this kind of lifestyle. I don't know about you, I don't like living that kind of lifestyle. It's tragic when a Christian, Christians don't realise that and they fall in step with the world system. For when we're acting in the flesh, when our minds are controlled by our fleshly nature, we find it, that it, we cannot please God. It's actually impossible. Because a person controlled by the flesh refuses to submit to God's will, to his word, to the work of Holy Spirit in their life. They want to do their own thing in their own way. It does not subject itself to the word of God. Then there's contrast in verse 9. However, if you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. The Christian lives in a physical body like all other people, but they are not obliged to it. The world system doesn't characterise them. They belong to a different realm, another dimension. They are to be in the spirit of God. Paul speaks about being in Christ and Christ being in us. Followers of Jesus are to live very closely to God and be his constant presence. One is not to be an occasional visitor. Like in verse 1, it's a brush of fresh air. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. When did that happen for you? First of all, when did it begin? When you got dunked. Well, whatever. When water was placed upon you or in some way, you were baptised, Christ into in one. That started then. And it continues when you remember every day, when Holy Spirit leads you to remember that baptism of promise that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And Holy Spirit came upon you to bring you to a faith. We can never lose the salvation that we have in Christ because it doesn't depend on us, it depends on God. And once we are in Jesus with the faith that we've been gifted with by Holy Spirit, it's the Lord who keeps us there. It's Holy Spirit who keeps us there. When Holy Spirit has taken up full residence within us to be that permanent dweller, this becomes our strength, becomes our way of life. In fact, it should be our life. Our life living out the fruit of Holy Spirit. This is where the believer finds their identity, their worth, their security, their significance, their sufficiency. I don't find it in myself or the world or what I do. I find it in Christ. I find it because Jesus is dwelling in within me by his spirit. The world system leaves me high and dry every time and it will for you too. Only Jesus and the Holy Spirit satisfies the Christian's mind is to be constantly set on the things of the Spirit and what he desires. The principle of the renewed nature dominates their thinking and therefore their actions. 
That's what Jesus talks about in John chapter 15, about the branch remaining, abiding in the vine. For then Jesus and Holy Spirit feed into the branch, renewing the mind and the heart, what is needed to live as a follower of Jesus. And that's what Paul describes in Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul stresses that we are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So when we submit to Jesus and Holy Spirit, they help us by pointing out the sin in our lives and the need to confess and repent of it and then to claim the promised forgiveness that Jesus has given us. To live, life is to be walking in Holy Spirit, to walk in humble submission to Jesus by the power and work of Holy Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 5, Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh, for the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that, they, that you may not be do the things that you, that you please. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And what does the walk of the Spirit, walk with the Spirit produce? Actually, it has a distinctive aroma of Jesus about it. Paul describes the fruit of the mindset on what the Spirit desires in Galatians 5. And the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know these? It's the easiest way to remember them. First three are one-syllable words. Love, joy, peace. Guess what? The next three are two-syllable words. What were they? Patience, kindness, goodness. And last three are three-syllable words. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Easy way to remember, isn't it? Now, how many of you would like to have a child living like that? How about yourself living like that? Wouldn't you rather have a partner who had these characteristics? Right? True? I can see all your hubbies looking to your girls. Or is it the girls looking at the hubbies? Wouldn't you rather be living out to be this kind of a person? Well, the mind and, and the heart that is under the influence of and dominated by the Holy Spirit will produce this kind of life. May you be ever open daily to walk in and with Holy Spirit, to be immersed with and led by Holy Spirit, to call on him every morning that he, right, you wake up. Holy Spirit, come and fill yourself, fill you me with your presence again. Immerse yourself more fully in me. For only then will we glorify God in all that we think, say and do. Call upon him every morning. Call upon him and ask him to fill, him, fill you with his gifts. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a discerning of spirits, faith, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretations of tongues and prophecy. And then ask him to grow the fruit in you every day. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. 
Yeah, they've actually got a song with that. I should have should learn it properly and sing it to you next time. <laughs> Be encouraged, my friends. Holy Jesus wants the best for you. And he's given you his spirit, Holy Spirit, to live in you so that you can be obedient to what he's asking of you every day, to be his follower, to journey with him, to rely on him for all that he wants you to do to help grow his kingdom. And may the peace of God, no, the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus by the work and power of Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you're able, when you can, let's sing our next song, Alive in Us, you beauty. <laughs>